I know, I know. This is not our normal intro. Yeah, but we, I wanted to do something special. Uh, it's our 50th episode, and I wanted to introduce this and just kind of get it all out there. Uh, we have Claire Lamb joining us today. Uh, she plays guitar in the band The Hollow Catharsis. She also has her own YouTube channel, channel, channel called Clean's World. And she's also married to Dean Lamb, where on his own uh, YouTube channel, Dean Lamb, uh, is where I found them. They were actually doing a video series called Four Levels of Death Metal. And it is completely entertaining and really cool to watch them do that. This is our first ever Zoom interview, so, you know, we just kind of rolled with it. I think it turned out nicely, but, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do some tweaks here and there. But, anyways, I hope you enjoy this interview. Go like, follow, subscribe, Claire. She's amazing. I'll put all of her links in her description on this one. Um, yeah, check this out. All right, we're joined by Claire. I'm assuming your last name is Lamb, correct? It is now Lamb, yes. It is now okay. Lamb. Okay. I didn't want to assume, yes. but I didn't have anything else to go off of. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It took me uh, two and a half years after marriage to actually change my name. <laughs> hey, look. Was it just yeah. like laziness, or was it like you were kind of fighting with whether or not you wanted to take the last name? You're like, I don't know if I want his name. No, it was, I, um, a laziness thing would be something I would do. Yeah, be like, eh, I'll do it later. Pure, <laughs> pure laziness. That was that was it. Because before I had a double last name, it was really long. People never knew how to spell it, and I don't have a middle name, so people would think one of my last names is my middle name. It was all like always a mess. So it was something I wanted to do, and like it, where I changed my name is literally down the hill from my apartment, <laughs> oh, and nice, I nice. was like. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Just takes me a while to do things, I guess. Hey, that's all we all are. Yeah. Man, uh, I'd really like to kind of dig into, like, how you started getting into music. Like, I'm assuming that it might have been from a younger age, considering you've kind of, you know, put your path on music. Oh, yeah. Um, I started taking classical piano lessons when I was eight. I uh, was super into classical music and I was obsessed with Mozart and Mozart's this like child prodigy and I was super lonely nerd and so I asked my parents for piano lessons so I could <laughs> feel like Mozart bullshit. Like I would like blindfold myself and practice or practice cross <laughs> or practice like backwards and like I learned the Star Wars thing with my toes. It was all like... Jeez. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so piano was first. And then in uh, junior high like or late elementary school, I started getting into metal. And then just realizing that like I love all facets of metal. I love the vocals and the drums and everything. But there would just be like guitar solos or sections that I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do exactly that. Um, The vocals too, which hopefully one day I'll be able to do that. But the guitar is like really started fixating on that. So I started kind of practicing as a teenager, but I was a pretty big shithead as a teenager. So I didn't start taking music seriously until I went 
uh, I moved here for a classical guitar school when I was 20. And then I got my diploma and then I started teaching and then the pandemic stopped me from teaching and then I switched to YouTube and Twitch and I've been playing in bands and stuff and I guess that was like a super fast uh, <laughs> last 20 <laughs> years of my life I guess <laughs> that's pretty awesome though I mean first off the whole classical thing I can see why it would be easy to get attracted to that but also though at the same time you're kind of like you were probably ridicule, ridiculed it in some way or another from like your peers, I'm assuming from a young age, right? Mm. When I lived in elementary school, I lived um, in these really small towns in rural Alberta. Uh, one is called High River and the other one's called Okotoks. And <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just the, you know, small community dynamic i don't think there was like too much bullying there but uh when i moved to edmonton and then i i was starting grade seven when we moved to edmonton and i was really weird by that point like i was like super strange goth kind of kid i started experiencing a lot of bullying at that point <laughs> um uh, and then yeah, the high school i went to was a like a really different kind of learning a uh, Catholic school in the downtown sector of Edmonton. So there were just like so many different types of people. And it was another place where like bullying didn't really happen, which is mm. crazy because I've mm. heard like insane stories from people in high school and stuff. And I had a really good experience at that school, like so many different walks of life. We were all friends with each other kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of like my kind of uh, my high school experience was sort of along the same way. We all just kind of melded together. I mean, it was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, I had no problem in high school. It was pretty yeah. decent. Hell yeah, man. Well, actually, I have a question to ask you since we were on the subject of the music aspect. So, and I love asking this question. Obviously, okay. you're a prodigy in my eyes. Obviously, I try to learn a lot from this guy. Um, you know, I love I love guitar. It's a passion of mine. I keep trying to work at it. There's still a lot of things I got to do. But I love <laughs> asking this, is that for you, what made you, what was the one song, artist, what made you go, shit, I want to do that? Two bands. Okay. Um, decapitated and Necrophagist. Okay. 100%. Wow. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised but at the same time i'm not no you know for what, <laughs> what i can see with what you, you know you're playing and stuff like that i get that <laughs> and it's like yeah. you look at me and it's like we talk metal all the time like we both have like big genres like you know he goes from slipknot to frank sinatra i'll go metallica nice. to neil diamond okay so it's kind of on the on the sense of that but um yeah that was just something i always liked finding out about people just of interest yeah, I think something yeah, that sure. Paul likes about you is you're introducing him to a lot of new music. Yes. Uh, I oh, think very nice. Because when, when it comes to death metal, and you, you might laugh at me, but it's like you look at this face and you go, like, he, does, he probably listens just to Backstreet Boys, right? I thought you'd <laughs> listen to, like, country. But then I surprised him one day and I said, hey, have you heard that song from Protest the Hero? How the hell did you know who they were? You should have seen my eyes. I was like, <laughs> what did you just say? Right. But, I mean, to me, for death metal, it's like, 
hardest music I've listened to was either like Arch Enemy or Children of Bodom. Those were kind yeah. of what I kind of like kind of got in that avenue. But I don't, you know, I listen to everything. It may not be exactly my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. I never roll it out because I just I love guitar. I love just the process. You can appreciate it. You're Absolutely. like an Easter egg, man. You know, people don't <laughs> yeah. expect it. And then yeah. you just lay down some yes. uh, exactly. some knowledge. And it's like, what? You know this, man? <laughs> I got yeah. one more question to ask you, and then I'll give it over to Ron. But I did notice, this is one thing I wanted to ask, about Yingve Malmsteen. And I was really, really, I, I saw the poster. <laughs> I, I saw you doing the lesson. Um, and obviously, I'm a fan of him. But what what led you to Yingve? I mean, that was just something I I just don't normally see. Uh, well, I mean, he is the uh, absolute melding together of my two loves. Yeah, neoclassical. He took and, yeah. my classical, and he took my shred metal and put it together, and it's just like the sickest fucking thing ever. I, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to be like a 80s shred style. I really like playing death metal, but mm-hmm. I can't even say how many times I've watched his performance with the Japanese Philharmonic. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's like the, the one of the <clears throat> coolest things I could ever imagine. Playing electric guitar with a symphony orchestra with like classical arrangements or classical pieces that you wrote and then you're also shredding on top of that Mm. that's the coolest fucking thing ever and i also the first year i went to nam in anaheim i also saw him perform okay and that was like one of the most hilarious highlight experiences of my life so (laughs) i just love that man i (laughs) (laughs) he can do no wrong so yeah. you learn the arpeggios from hell. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Learned is a Learned, yes. generous. Of course. Now, while yeah. we're on the topic, though, yes. I, I did watch a video of yours where uh, you had just gotten the, the Kiesel Classical Electric, I think that is, right? Yeah, the uh, the NS1. I have it um, mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, I just yeah, want to say that, you know, you tried playing the Yingbe thing on there just from sight reading tabs, and, you know, of course, you X'd it out. I was like, I thought that was pretty yeah. damn good for just kind of <laughs> going at it, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I've been playing forever now. It's uh, I I play guitar, drums, bass. I kind of run the gamut with things, but I don't consider myself like a guitarist, a drummer, or any of that. I just like making music. So, mm-hmm. like, I am a guitar nerd, though. So. Mm-hmm. I noticed, you know, you're with Kiesel and stuff like that. Was that something that, um, you know, we can't ignore the fact that your husband's Dean or anything like that. So I don't want to make it weird. I don't, this no, this no, is no. about you. Yes. But like, was that something that, you know, were you, are you endorsed by Kiesel? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador. Nice. That's, I don't think that I'm, is so awesome. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm allowed to divulge the exact details of sure. my contract, oh, no, but no, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I play Kiesel guitars. It was actually like, it was really cool because like as a, as a guitarist, or at least for me, there's certain things that like I've wanted my whole life. Like as soon as I started playing guitar, there's like getting a brand deal, 
being in a guitar magazine and like playing a crazy metal festival. So <laughs> I only have one of those things right now, but that was when we went to Nam a couple years ago and um was hanging out at the Kiesel booth and then I was talking to Jeff and the way he was talking I was like oh shit you're gonna give me a guitar aren't you like I'm like oh fuck like what it was like my I it was like an out-of-body experience you know I was right. like watching as an omniscient being of like that's not me that's not that's not that's not I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. And yeah, it was like for sure one of the sickest days of my life. That's and awesome. I took my reanimator home from that. And yeah, I was like, I was like high off it. Like no, no can drugs can compare to that. I was so stoked. Cause it's like somebody somebody who like you really respect and look up to and you love what they do is like, I respect and love what you do and mm -hmm. I have faith in you as an artist and, and I appreciate what you do. And I recognize that you're uh, beneficial for my business. So it's like just absolute flattery, you know, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's very um, touching, very touching. <laughs> I used to daydream about going to Nam back in the day, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, that would be so cool. Mm -hmm. I was in a band that we were supposed to go and then, uh, I left that band and then they went without me. <laughs> oh no. That but sucks, dude. It must be an incredible experience. I mean, just watching like the YouTube channels and stuff that will constantly cover everything there. I mean, you just randomly bump into people that are like, you know, legends. Yeah. Did you run into anybody like that? Well, I saw Paul Gilbert there last oh. time. Oh, which was man. so Amazing. fucking awesome. Yeah. I got oh, a picture with him. Yeah, Good he's, for you. He's very tall. I didn't realize um, huh. how tall. But yeah, he's really cool, really nice guy. Uh, Ola England was there last year. And then... Your boy. Um, <laughs> he turned yeah, me on to Ola. Like, that, was, that was interesting. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He's super funny. His guitars are awesome. And then uh, Pierre Nelson has been there every year that i've gone and he always does um just like a guitar performance at the blue that the what like whatever booth like he did strandberg one year and then he actually he did uh solar guitars the last year that i went and his performances are so fucking awesome the the last one the most recent one we're all standing at the solar booth, like waiting for him to roll up. It's 10 minutes past his performance time. So we're thinking, okay, is he going to bail or something? He strolls in like hungover, maybe still drunk, like looking kind of <laughs> like a wreck, sort of stumbles in, has a bottle of water, like is really trying to just get back on a plane of regular existence, grabs a guitar. <laughs> like, I don't even know if he's played guitar at all yet today. And he's like scale 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 give me scale and he just has people call out a scale or a mode and then he's like tonic tonic so he also gets the specific root note of that scale and then just improvise in that scale like amazing fucking improv it's it's so sick and that's such like a bygone classical tradition of improvising really really well 
mm -hmm. uh, that, yeah, I just am like floored and super inspired to see people that can do that. Oh yeah, that was a lot of a lot of uh, something I'd emphasize on was improvising and things because usually how I did it joining bands and stuff when I was younger, you know, it all it all it was all about what you had to bring to the table, you know. So you you know, of course, you just start jamming and you really gotta be on your toes with stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'll have to school Paul on uh on Pierre definitely. Yes. He doesn't know who he is. No, I don't. I got a couple out of there. Don't trust me. I'll I'll show you some stuff. It'll help your your lead stuff way. Yeah. So way just high. as a side note, we actually we're both really big Metallica fans. I'm probably a bigger one than him, but we decided because of the Black Album, like you know, we had talked for for a long time just to kind of maybe do a cover together. So we were gonna do wherever I may roam, and I I had an education on it because we recorded it all in one day, um, and I was a little bit of a sloppy player and I got a, I had to get my chops in order. I was kind yeah. of embarrassed actually, cause I know how to play the song, but it's like, I kept looking over and I'm like, I got this and uh, I keep messing it up to put in some context yeah. here. He's been playing for as long as I have on and off for 20 years. We're and I'm still, still a freaking like intermediate a huge of that. gap between each other. Yeah. yeah. But it was his first time ever recording anything. Like he's never other than my task cam four track. <laughs> like that? I'm an old loser. Yes, I know. But yeah, he actually did. He actually did really well for his first time. I know. I appreciate yeah. that. I can't wait for the product. But so obviously, you know, when you did a couple of your, you know, your videos where you were just like, I'm just going to create music without even listening. I was absolutely fascinated to shit about that. Absolutely. It, I mean, that, it was that your way of like flexing great, on people? Though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that your way? Don't be bashful. No, Tell the truth. No, because for me, I was embarrassed at the final product of the of the writing music without hearing it challenge. I was uh -huh. like, oh, fuck, this is not good. <laughs> like, I was kind of hoping something cool might come out of it. Although the sweep, I think the sweep I came up with was actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I was like, mm. That happy birthday riff was pretty cool. Oh my god! No. <laughs> like fuck that, and I, I, I only ever do like semitone bends and stuff. But I just had in my brain this um, Jeff Loomis solo that I had learned <sighs> that started with a whole tone bend, so and I was like, okay, oh I'll god. do that. I'll like go outside of my comfort zone. We'll do a whole tone bend, and then I'm like. Wow, that's fucking happy birthday. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we just got da 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 da. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're gonna have that... to take a quick little break, real quick. Yes. We'll be right back. All right. Something. It's literally. <laughs> it's literally happy birthday. Happy birthday. So that beginning is terrible. Well, so I have to ask, uh, are you still pursuing uh, learning how to play the drums? Sorry, can you repeat that? Are you still learning how to play the drums? The drums? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't have like anything here 
to do that and the one episode we did on Skype where I like was smacking some books or whatever that's just uninspiring you know like maybe sometimes I'll try like some hand stuff but for the most part no but uh I did when I first moved here I worked at this uh world music store on Granville Island called Gandharva Loka so they have all these instruments from all around the world and they would have hand pans a lot of the time and that was like my favorite instrument to play in there so it's like sort of like the reverse steel drum that you whack with your fingers like a melodic percussion instrument my dad was just here visiting recently so I took him there and I got to play the hand pans again and I was like nervous because it had been so many years but (laughs) it still came pretty naturally that's really fun like that's a drumming thing that I think maybe I could get into on the side because then I could actually practice it in my apartment but Mm-hmm. if it comes down to like me texting julia or texting my bandmate kevin and being like can i go to the jam spot and use your drums it's like i don't feel super comfortable doing that so <laughs> don't touch it's, my it's a hard one to make so happen, touch you know? my drum set don't touch it <laughs> yeah <right>. like yeah <laughs> so i do have just one eh, maybe one or two dean questions but you'll enjoy this so the first one okay. is was it love at first fret <laughs> I knew she'd laugh like corniness. Corny it's okay. Very nice. Well, I have a I have a great uh, story for you since you since you're into that sort of punny cheesy thing. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Um, so when I I actually met Dean when I was still living in uh, Edmonton because obviously I was a huge fan of their band. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Sure so you were. So I went to their. Sh- show and i uh waited around to introduce myself and then we talked about like music theory and shit and then there it is i bet that caught him (laughs) off guard (laughs) i think so yeah and then i had driven my dad's car to that show which was a convertible bmw so I, i drove away like blaring cattle to cap in this convertible with the top down <laughs> so he ended up m- messaging me on facebook later or something being like who the fuck are you i've <laughs> like, never seen anything like that before but um yeah that was october 2013 and then i moved to vancouver june 2014 and so we were like hanging out and stuff and they played a show with zenith passage one night and then he was walking me to my car because i had to go i had to work the next day and so we're hanging out and uh, and then <laughs> i'm about to leave and he says will you be my guitar tech <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, <laughs> yeah be a guitar, guitar tech that was such a pivot though I know. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. that is so funny and yeah. here's the other here's the other part of it um okay does this look familiar to you i, mean, I don't think she can see it you're there. colorblind yes yes. <laughs> yes so actually one of the first things that i did see from you guys was that you're such a nice wife and you bought him a pair of those and i went holy shit i go i mean i have clip on for mine because i know that they make the other types yeah and i go i go run i go they got the same colorblind glasses i gotta bring that on for sure oh that's like nice. so you're also a, a deuteranope is that the sure 
I have you, a little struggle with like know. blues and greens. Yeah, what's funny is yeah. uh, we we both work at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, I was going to say, I don't know if we were talking about this, but please. So um, there was a position that opened up that involved a printing room, doing stuff with that. And uh, Paul was looking into taking that. He gets back there and starts working with things. And he told me about it. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I'll wait. So he goes into it and, you know, he's like, oh, shit, I'm colorblind. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> so oh, I'm just no. like, we're going through the templates, and all of a sudden I see the color wheel. I go, oh, that's pretty cool. I go, um, you know what? I didn't tell him I'm colorblind. This might be a problem. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, I can't work out for that. you. That's all right. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, that's pretty funny. I, uh, I always color grade, or at least I check over. Dean's color grading on his videos now because of that. There was like a portion of time a few years ago and he was uh he was putting out a bunch of guitar videos. He even did a a project for a band and I noticed that like all the videos he was putting out everybody's skin was sort of like this greenish yellow color. <laughs> Sorry. And Sorry. I thought that that was just like the vibe he was going for at that time like he was enjoying this alien kind of vibe and i just kind of thought it was sort of strange so eventually i was like hey why are you like making your skin green in all these videos lately and he's like what do you mean <laughs> you just had no idea so I'm like okay i'll just um i'll just double check for you from now on <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> so i have to ask um before you started playing Kiesel guitars, uh, what was your kind of go-to guitar brand? I had a few different ones. I uh, I would say my main was the Ibanez RGD Prestige, the 2127FX. I fucking loved the shit out of that thing. I think um, Ibanez needs to get better about naming things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a pretty guitars, boring so, name. Yeah. That's a pretty boring name for sure. I that like that a one a lot. Sweet guitar though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I love that like satin matte kind of finish, mm -hmm. and then the really sharp edges and the bevels and stuff. It was just a badass looking guitar. Right. Um, I also had a BC Rich War Beast oh. with the red outline, and that was really sick. And then uh, another favorite of mine, I had the um, Jackson Rhodes Crimson Swirl V. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that one was really dope. I bought that off of my friend Parker, uh, who's a buddy of mine from Edmonton, plays in Proto Sequence, because he had that one and the purpley green one, because he used to work at a pawn shop, so he would just like end up acquiring sick guitars. And as soon as he got that red one, I was like, you're going to sell me that one day. <laughs> you will be <laughs> mine. Then, oh, yes. You will yeah, be mine. and then... I ended up acquiring it. Uh, I don't have it anymore, but uh, I enjoyed it while I had it. It was great. That's pretty sick. Mm, <laughs> for sure. How long have uh, you been with THC? I guess this fall it's going to be three years. Yeah. September, October-ish will be my, my third year with that band. I'm assuming they're like are they from Edmonton or? 
No, no, they're they're all Vancouver. Um, oh, okay. They've been a band, what, seven or eight years total? Okay. And then me and Michael, the bassist, we actually joined at pretty much the exact same time. Um, they also needed a bassist. And it was even like, as I was joining, I was maybe just going to temporarily be a bassist while they were looking for an actual bassist. And then... I would transition to second guitar and then it just so happened that Michael actually was down to join at that time and then and he's sick he's fucking amazing and does backup vocals crazy good bassist and shit so like that's way better anyways I'm not I'm no bassist (laughs) (laughs) it all just works out exactly yeah yeah so it's funny um I kind of want to bring up for our viewers and whatnot of how this interview kind of started um she actually posted a picture. I I don't know if I can get to it anymore, or I think I, I took a screenshot of it just because I wanted to have that just in case, you know, you weren't going to sell or make any digital prints of it. But if you could send me a picture of that so I can post it up here as an example. But she took, like, the most badass, like, like color palette for me. Like, you had, like, the Halloween colors basically kind of like... I know, it looked like it was... It's like you froze like little like contaminants into water or something, you know, with the white background and everything. And I was just like, this is fucking amazing. So I had to reach out to you and be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Oh, oh, it was the the white and uh, green, orange and black, wasn't it? Yeah. So one I think you said you made for your dad, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, the one I made for my dad, actually, I made that and then I made a backup and I tried to gift that to my dad and he didn't like it. He was was like, I feel like there's just eyes looking at me, judging me. (laughs) So he didn't feel comfortable. So I, I actually ended up giving that one to my dentist in Edmonton. Which may seem weird, but she's really awesome, and she's been doing my teeth since I was, like, 13, and she's very invested in, like, my life, and she remembers shit I told her about going to concerts when I was, like, 14, and she's always asking, and, like, yeah, she's cool, so I was like, you can have this, and she was stoked on it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I could I could make you a, a Halloween one of your own. <laughs> I would love that. That would be amazing. Seriously, I'll pay for it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have it. <laughs> you can put it behind your Thunder Rooster logo yeah. or something like that. Right, exactly. For sure. I yeah. definitely want it to be in the studio, for sure. I don't want to do it right now because we'll ruin the setup. But before we get off of here, I want to show you what I got going on here. It's pretty pretty neat for a little <laughs> basement studio. <laughs> I, I would just set it up not long ago, so I'm pretty, pretty excited about it still. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's awesome but yeah um i have another question Mike. go for it because i just you lost know what my I'm that. so one thing that i noticed it was great so your students i saw a couple of your students playing landslide by fleetway mm-hmm. mac they were absolutely adorable i just yeah. want my wife enjoyed it tremendously what grade do you at what grade do you teach is what i was kind of curious about oh it's did you, it's did you everybody teach? sorry, sorry. It's everybody. I taught um, 
I think the youngest student I ever had was, they said he was five, but I'm convinced he was three on piano. And then the oldest person I taught was uh, 65, somewhere around there. So it really uh, varies, but when I was teaching mm-hmm. at Long and McQuaid, the majority are in that kind of like eight to 12 mm-hmm. uh, area age range. But yeah, you get adults, you get kids, really yeah. young kids. And then for private teaching, more so you get like adults reaching out. Sure. It was absolutely but. just, it was amazing. It was just, the kids looked like they really had a great time. And I mean, it looked like you're a really good teacher. I mean, they were just, they looked great what they were oh, doing. Thank you. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Of course. She she warms my heart. She's amazing. We had um, we have those we used to have those recitals at Long and McQuaid, and um, first of all, I never made recitals mandatory because as a kid, I had to do recitals. It was mandatory, and I fucking hated it. It was terrifying. I despised it. So I never wanted to do that to students. So I would make it optional, and then also. If they wanted to do it but were still nervous, I could also, like, play along with them. So I would either do an accompaniment on piano or if it was guitar, I would just play the exact same thing. And Bridget, the older of the two mm-hmm. siblings in that video, yeah. she uh, she was going to do Blackbird and sing it oh, at the same really time. Good. Nice. So amazing. And I'm yes. like, so do you want me to play along? And she's like, no, no, no. I got this. <laughs> I got this. She wants to go first. Like, she's right? just... Yeah. She's so awesome. And I had another student. Her name was Zoe. And I had started teaching her in September. I don't remember like what September it was. And she had never played any instruments before. And we started doing uh, guitar lessons. And so from September to that June, she ended up playing and singing at the same time dust in the wind at her school talent show in front of over 600 kids wow and she was 10 i was like you're that's sick awesome, that's awesome. yes you're so awesome god i would have enjoyed that moment that would have been amazing <laughs> you my boy yeah. blue. you my boy blue <laughs> <laughs> sorry we're all farts um yeah uh so with our show uh, we talk a lot about conspiracies and paranormal stuff. Um, do you have any experiences with the paranormal? I have some. I have some weird things. Oh, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some like, yeah, questionable, questionable things that like. And some some of them, I think now I can like sort of rationally explain, but you know, you never know. It's kind of whatever. But I have one that I I think is so funny, and I do think this one has a rational explanation. But I love to tell it anyways. So um, <laughs> when I was in high school, I had the uh, Levian Satanic Bible, and. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I was just interested in that stuff, and I also, like, when I was younger, I really, like, if paranormal shit exists, I want to make it happen, so I would, like, just, like, chant all the different names of Satan, and, like, (laughs) come on, like, come on, let's see what's going on, like, come hang out, whatever, 
You are so, so braver than Paul. Yeah. <laughs> if I look at a oh, Ouija I've, board, I run the other way. He's oh, not I've spent many, many a night with a Ouija board and like all that, all that shit. So <laughs> eventually, my mom found out that I had this uh, satanic Bible. She Uh-oh. flipped out, Uh-oh. took it from me. She was too scared to like burn it or throw it away, so she hid it somewhere for like months and I had no idea where it was and uh and then so one day one night we're like talking about it and my sister was doing laundry at the same time so all her clothes are in the dryer and from the garage it went into the mud room where the dryer washer and dryer was and then into the rest of the house so it turns out she had been hiding the bible in the garage and so I finally convinced her like go get it for me I want it back so she tells me where it is so I go in the garage and I get the book and I shit you not, as I walked past the dryer, like bringing the Bible back into the house, the dryer busted open and all my sister's clothes ejected out of it. And my mom like freaked the fuck out. She's like, no, 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 that's not happening. She took it back, she threw it somewhere. Like it was not allowed in the house. But so... The scientific rational explanation is that my sister overstuffed the dryer and it just (laughs) so happened that at the exact same moment I walked by it, all her clothes were fully dry and therefore too big for the dryer. But the timing is perfect, I must say. That is awesome. The huge, huge coincidence, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It it was, it was pretty great. Yeah. I have, uh. I have I have plenty more if you want. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I just want to throw in the little comment there. It's like I don't know if you pursued that any further or not, but you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, I mean, I can imagine like that happening and be like, "It exists. I must study further." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that piqued my interest a bit. Like, Yo, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. What? Right. Like just just something going down. But yeah, so um, my bedroom was also above the garage. And so that's where I would spend a lot of time, like the Ouija board, the satanic Bible, trying to make, trying to make shit happen, see if I could get stuff going on. And there were some like weird experiences. I had like some really fucked up um, hypnagogic sleep happen and sleep paralysis also to my oh. ex so there was a time we were uh we were there and um both of us experienced this i had like a space heater in there that is like full of liquid so you can hear it if it's moving and so we're we're sleeping in there and i can hear the button keep going like on and off like click on and off and then like i can hear the water sloshing around and the um, dvd player and ps3 it was like beep it turned on and then the tv was like turning on and off and the i also had like a stereo on my headboard and then i had a mirror directly across so i could also see if that came on like so the electronics were just fucking around Mm. and that same night later on once i was asleep my ex experienced like really terrifying sleep paralysis where there was like a black figure there choking him and he couldn't breathe and he was trying to like wake me up beside 
and couldn't like I didn't I didn't wake up and I had like really creepy sleep paralysis and like I said hypnagogic sleep in that room too like some really terrifying ones what is hypnagogic mean hypnagogic sleep so it's like um it's a type of sleep paralysis where your dream is still occurring in the real environment as well gotcha so (laughs) so there was uh like what happened to me i was i had stayed home sick from school and um i was laying on my bed and my door was closed and i could hear the rest of my family come home like my dad has a really distinct walk because he has a limp my mom wears high heels and my sister just like walks pretty loud and fast so i could like hear all of them walking around downstairs and like yelling at each other and fucking pots and pans clanging I'm like what the hell everybody just came home for a lunch break to scream at each other like this is super <laughs> weird but i just stayed up there and then the um the uh, stereo turned on i saw the red light go on and it went to the radio which i never listened to and so it's like people talking and then it started to go like like all like weird backwards shit like that yeah and then um like as that's happening like things just get kind of like blurrier and weirder and then um i had this like ty of a like a ty stuffed animal of a of a black cat and it was on my chest which is like one of the things they say with sleep paralysis you often like your chest is being crushed Mm -hmm. so the cat was uh was on my chest but had real like human eyes not the not the ty eyes and there was a young boy behind the cat laughing at me like i want to play like super creepy (laughs) and i couldn't i couldn't move or anything and i was like freaking out and so i was trying to wake up so i'm like pushing against this so i started like convulsing and i had a cup of water beside my bed so i like grab the cup and i'm like and i take a sip and everything vanished but i'm holding the cup of water so (laughs) that apparently is is hypnagogic sleep now were you aware that this was going on as like the the scientific explanation for it or were you losing your fucking mind at this point I was terrified. Um, I didn't know about that. Like at that time I had to do some research to be like, what the fuck just happened? That was super scary. And I called uh, all my family members too. Cause I was like, why did you come back at lunchtime? And it's like, nobody had, had come home. Like everyone was still at work and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I chalked it up to uh, hypnagogic sleep. However, really fucking creepy, weird. One of my, Uh, really close friends uh, who dated my sister for a while was over one night like some months after that had happened and I'd never told him about that experience and he was like really really drunk and they were having a fight like an argument sort of yelling at each other and he goes I'm not gonna talk about this when this little kid is here (laughs) because he was yelling at my sister and saw a little boy and was like i can't have this kind of conversation in front of this little kid he's like i never told you that right that's crazy (laughs) i saw this little kid so that was a bit weird yeah Yeah. 
I've had I've had uh, sleep paralysis several times. Uh, it's interesting though, because as soon as I like started making fun of it while it was happening, that's when it stopped. I ne- I never had it again, so mm. I thought that was funny. I have I'm one of those people I like kind of vibe out to like negative energy, like I can feel that stuff, but I've never actually seen anything per se. Paul here has a fun story about uh, a paranormal experience, and it takes place at a, a famous prison. You've seen the movie Shawshank Redemption, right? Of course, okay, yeah, yeah. Of course. So I'll just keep the real condensed version of the story, obviously, because no one wants to hear it anymore. Um, <laughs> so in uh, the prison that we're shot in, it's it's a prison outside of like Columbus, Ohio, Laura, from where we are, and uh, obviously there's been a lot of paranormal types of activity that have gone on in this prison for a long time. I went with my brother and a couple of friends from college when we went to college and uh, they had tours. They actually have like big concert series at this place. Um, it's called Incarceration. Incarceration. It's going to be uh, Mudvayne's first show back this year. Oh, shit. Okay. So there's like Slipknot. Like they have a bunch of shows for that. But anyway, so at the prison, they, they do like, they do tours. They even, they do it year round, especially around Halloween. So anyway, so I went with you know, some of my friends and, and they had chaperones and they said, you know, you can go ahead and, you know, peruse around through the prison. And I was the last one in our group. Um, and right around one of the lower prison cells, I, I've never had a paranormal experience. And then all of a sudden, like around one of the bends, I got like this real cold sensation on my neck and it freaked me out. I didn't know really anything to do about it. I was just like, maybe just somebody's playing a trick on me or something. I don't know. Then, probably about another five, 10 minutes later, as I'm just kind of going through, you know, one of the corners of the cell, something grabs me and pulls me down and ripped the bottom part of my jeans. And I ran out (laughs) crying (laughs) because I was so fucking scared. And here's the great thing about it is, uh, we're taking him back there to that same spot for an episode. (laughs) Holy shit. That is freaky, man. So, other than that, it's like I really became interested in that subject matter. And there have been, you know, things over the years that have happened. Nothing like super crazy other than that. But I do firmly believe that that there is a life after that. There is something like mm. there's good energy and there's bad energy. I mean, it just it all depends. <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. That's freaky. So I was dude. a firm believer after that. Yeah. And, and he wants to bring For me back sure. there so he can scare the shit out of me again. So. Yeah. Scare the shit out of you. I got, yeah, I got some wild. catching up to do with him because he tried to kill me when I took him to the gun range for his first time. <laughs> This is some payback for you, right? Well, maybe a little bit, just <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, terrifying, dude. <laughs> so, what's uh, what's up with your um, YouTube channel? Are you just focusing more on like what you and Dean are doing together, or are you just kind of taking a break from your own? Um. I got uh, really bad tendonitis, actually. Um, oh, no. Yeah, starting, like, sort of in the new... Well, it was happening over a long time, and I was just, like, ignoring it. And then mm-hmm. in the new year, it just got to a point where, like, I really had no choice but to ignore it anymore. So, yeah, I haven't, like, streamed or put out a YouTube video of my own since March. And I started treatment with 
a really good physiotherapist here in April. And uh, she gave me six to 12 months was her estimation of when I'd be like good to go again. Um, so it's been hard. Like I'm not really playing much metal right now. I'm kind of easing back into guitar lately with like lighter styles. Even piano is a bit hard and video editing is like super rough. So mm. I'm not sure. Shit. I love doing YouTube, but right. I don't think I'll be able to potentially like ever return to a weekly upload scenario i'll probably have to just like put out videos when i can because i sort of have been trying to like edit with my left arm as well but it's a really frustrating thing when you work like twice as slow as normal so then you just end up like okay i'll just do this quickly with my right arm and then you sort of go off on a tangent and you keep working with your right arm and then you fuck yourself up and you're out of commission for days afterwards so yeah just kind of like trying to find that balance and like figure out how i can uh continue in the future so yeah right now just like and i went i went totally mia and i keep thinking like i should really put up a video kind of explaining <laughs> like what happened because it's sort of just like a big question mark on my channel and people ask me but uh yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll address it more publicly but just haven't like felt uh the timing hasn't been right for that you know gotcha yeah yeah that would definitely be taxing for sure with all that you know i do all the same things and yeah that would be a huge pain in the ass yeah. See, I, I have mean, to point just, out a blonde moment I just had, though, as I thought you said you had tinnitus. <laughs> I was like, because to me, that's like the worst thing a musician could get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. My bad. That would also be terrible. And as we've seen, I can't write music if I'm deaf, so <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you didn't you did do horribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask, does that have anything to do with like... Uh, this is going to sound off like I'm trying to pick on you or anything like that because I'm not. Uh, your your picking technique is so weird to me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it just looks funny. Like, Does that affect your picking at all? Or is you just kind of, is that kind of just the way you kind of took off with, with learning? I know that sounds way, I'm not dogging you at all, I swear. I just don't know how else I should put that across. <laughs> no, I mean, fair enough. Are you referring to like, cause I do this? Or? Uh, I think it's kind of, you kind of arch up on the, well, here we, Oh, when like I tremolo arch. multiple yeah, strings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is what Paul Ryan from origin does too. Really? Yeah. Gotcha. He tremolos lots of strings like that. I don't know what that is. I just like started doing that. Right? And I don't know if the, what's that? It's comfortable, right? It's comfortable and like, um, I don't know, like studying the world instruments a bit and stuff and like um, Oud and Barbat and like those ancient Arabic guitars that I think mm. are super fucking awesome. That's actually how they pick with oh, like neat. a long, uh, mm. long nylon plectrum and then they do all this tremolo like this. So I don't know if it just like kind of got adopted into my own playing because of that, but... At the end of the day, it's really just like repetitive stress and, and it was going to happen no matter what with how much I was doing because I was streaming like generally 
four hours a day, sometimes six hours, and I was playing, like, death metal the entire time, like, DSI, down-picking, tremolo, all that. And then, you know, if I wasn't doing that, I might have been, like, jamming with my band or practicing guitar, video editing, or practicing piano. So everything all the time was like this. And I'm not some fucking super buff guy. I'm just, like, a whatever average fitness female like I don't have the muscle fibers to to do that at the extent I was doing and I also like in retrospect the type of thing I was doing on twitch was really bad um but it was so much fun so like part of me I don't want to say I regret it because it was so fucking hilarious and fun, but I can definitely see like looking back why I got injured so quickly because doing the the full blown like sight read version of stuff to start that I would like my whole body tense up like crazy because I'm nervous, right? Like I want to do a good job and I'm trying to read all the frets in real time and execute it in real time for the first time and like obviously i made tons of mistakes and that was like part of the fun but i was playing that stuff really tense because i was like nervous and exhilarated to do it and i'm and i'm like holding my breath and shit because i'm like numbers let's go like (laughs) (laughs) so as as much as that was like so much fun for me if i do return to twitch at some point i don't think that will be part of my streams anymore because in retrospect i think that was very damaging (laughs) (laughs) it's a very in the moment thing it would seem it would kind of equivalent to like you know somebody having like a little private show or something because i don't know it might be because like I'm old, I have a kid and stuff, and I try not to stay up too late because I get up at four in the morning to edit video, but I haven't been able to make it through a whole stream of years yet, and it saddens me. It makes me feel old. It's like, come on, you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah. They're long They're long streams. Like, I was, I was going for a while, and that's the thing. Like, it was just so much fun, and while I was streaming, I you know, I was starting to get like lots of pain and I would be like, okay, I should only play like one or two more songs. And I would just have so much fun that I would just like ignore it, keep playing it. Sometimes I was like getting stoned during my streams or like drinking beer because it was help masking the pain. Mm -hmm. So I was like pushing through it. And I mean, like even when I was in music school, I had a fucking gnarly ass hand injury in that same arm that I had to deal with. And a few years back I was actually treating tennis elbow. Mm. So these are just like things that were building for a super long time that I was just like ignoring, ignoring, ignoring and thought that I could just keep repressing. And then it just got to a point where it's like, no, you're done, man. My body just shut down. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you have to fix this cause you just can't anymore. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, you can make some strides with building it back up and everything. It's got to take it one day at a time. I mean, of course, that's, you know, that's something obviously no one wants to ever deal with. And especially because that's what you love to do. And yeah, you got to keep being the awesome unicorn you are. Yeah. Keep going, you know, (laughs) you could do a little cooking on the side. I mean, have Anna cook everything, right? Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, those, um, Eaten with that, eaten with Anna series was so much fun. 
I loved doing that. It's this. it's always nice for me when people are like, I love that show, because I, I often just see it as kind of like this side thing, and people know me for playing guitar and stuff, and so when people are like, no, I watched every episode, it's like, what? It's fucking <laughs> sick, because those were really fun for me, and those were like the first... I don't want to say, like, legit video projects I did, because they weren't all that legit. But it was, like, the first, like, I don't know, series and, and like, a lot of editing that I had ever done. So I learned so much about filming and video editing in that process that it was, like, really uh, relatable and applicable skills to, like, all the rest of the videos I've done, whether it's for myself or bands and shit, like... I learned a lot. I I would hope to to do another thing like that in the future because it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have a pretty cool personality, so I think you would definitely. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, obviously, you're shining pretty well with Dean, and you know what you have done on your channel. So, I think even if you know, you know, God forbid, you can't play an instrument anymore, I think you'd still be able to do pretty well for yourself on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and yeah, like maybe I'm not gonna be super crazy technical or whatever, but you know, maybe this is finally my time to learn death metal vocals since I've talked about it since I was like 14. So <laughs> yep. maybe it's finally time, 13 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's something I I could do if I practiced, but at the end of the day, I'm just like. I'm never going to use this for anything. <laughs> I gave it a shot. I just sounded like a cat getting choked. Oh, it was funny. We, when we were recording and everything, like we, we kind of, we both have singing backgrounds, but it's been so long. Right. Like, you know, we both ended up doing like choir and stuff like that back in the day in like high school. And like, I didn't I did do it through in college, college as well. Yeah. I, had a, I just enjoyed it. Love music, and then we just gave it a shot. We, <laughs> like, we tried to put vocals wait. just on uh, the cover we did for Metallica's Wherever I May Roam. Yeah. And it was bad. We, we, I sounded like Jack Black was singing yeah. Metallica. I was like, although this <laughs> oh, might be cool. It we like paused it. and we had a, his wife come down. And I was like, just, just, just be honest. We got anything? And she's like, She's like, oh, you're no. laughing. Shouldn't that tell you already? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Okay, it's no good. Scratch it. It's <laughs> like, I knew it sounded like oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that shit's hard. Just like any instrument, it takes so many years to hone, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's like, I don't know how Corey Taylor does it with that thick-ass neck of his, I guess, is probably what keeps it going. Could be. Just I, the reason why I brought that up was just how guttural his yelling was back in the day. It's like there's no mm-hmm. way he does that now, because that yeah. was just murder somebody's throat. But yeah. there's always that that technique of doing it where you're not hurting yourself. Obviously, mm-hmm. you probably know that, but for all the yeah. people out there that don't know about it, you know, there's ways of doing it. Yeah. Do you ever see that and, commercial and where tell. it was like a? Um, a throat lozenge commercial or whatever, and it had a death metal guy sitting there doing the growls. No, they give him a cough drop or whatever for the commercial, and it, then it's like really high pitched power metal sounds. Oh, like your favorite stuff. I'll play it That's somewhere so in this episode. <laughs> That's so great. Funny. I want to see that. That's awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll find yeah. it and I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it over to you. Death yeah. metal vocalists just need a uh, Hall's lozenge. Right. And then it's straight back to the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything that uh, you would like to promote or anything like that going on? Um, let me think. Well, aside from like what I've been doing with Dean, um, their uh, album is coming out soon, Archspire's album, and the mm. the video they just released, Dean and I filmed together, and that was like a super fun project for me, so I'll shamelessly plug a little bit of myself, I'll ride the wave of their success. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have half now. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> half. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check out that video. If you haven't seen it, and uh, I guess uh, I'll also put out the feelers to anybody that's like in the in the film or video game industry. I'm going back to school in September for composition in that kind of stuff. So wow. if there's anyone Congrats. that wants like yeah. death metal, classical influenced musician to write for a video game or film, I'm learning. I'm your girl. <laughs> And that's yeah. really smart, though. I mean, yeah. I think that's where a lot of the money is at nowadays for musician is to try and get it on a video game or like a, a movie. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, if you get that, that's like a good, like, I mean, depending on the movie, I mean, you could probably get like 10 grand off of just a single license right up front kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. whenever the whole streaming platform and all the sharing and stuff came in, into play, you you know, it really kind of took the feet out from even <laughs> the pandemic on top of it, and you took out your touring stuff. So, yeah, I, mean, I I think there's going to be a lot of uh, bands and artists kind of pivot in that direction. I agree. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, look at how much more music oriented Twitch became over mm-hmm. COVID. So many musicians, myself included, went there and started performing on there, and I think like a lot of the musicians I know that started doing Twitch realized how viable it is and like enjoyable it is that, Oh shit. Like I could actually incorporate this into like part of my main source of income. And I think it'll be something that, um, a lot of musicians try to sustain even once like things open up and mm-hmm. we can go back to touring and playing shows. Cause it's just like a really fun way to connect with fans. And it's also like a lot more, there is a lot more connection, right? Like there's plenty of shows like I've been to, I'm sure others have been to where you really want to say something to one of the people in the bands like, Oh, that was a sick show. Thank you so much. Like that kind of thing. And you just don't get the right opportunity. Or if you do, it's like super brief, but on Twitch, you have the potential to have like a full blown conversation with this musician that you really look up to. Like it's really, a lot more personal and I think it, it has real staying power in terms of like something that people will continue to enjoy even as uh, things get back to normal. Right. No, I 100% agree. It's definitely, it, it's a great thing to have open for the fans for sure. And not only the fans, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of look at it in a ways of like, you know, comedians go out to form their final hour and stuff. They'll just tour and tour and try different markets and stuff like that. You're kind of getting 
all kinds of feedback just from, you know, popping in every Thursday or something like that, you know. So when you finally mm-hmm. come out to do something big, you have all this, I don't necessarily want to say influence, but you kind of, you get to see all the things laid out and you're like, oh, I can tweak this or I can do cut out that, you know, something of the, along that nature. I think, I think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't want to take up too much more to, of your time. Do you have anything else? I had just two small questions, if okay. I could squeeze them in. Well, sure. actually, one's a question, and the other one's just uh, your one composition you did. Uh, the bitter cup with orchestra. Orchestra. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was no orchestra. You're orchestra. correct. The first. One. Okay, sorry. Um, love that. I absolutely oh, love that. So I much. thought that was really really cool. When when did you? Because I guess I maybe didn't get that information. I apologize. When did you guys write that? Uh, so actually the guitarist, vocalist, Roger Cranford, he mm. wrote a hundred percent of all the music for orchestry, all the instruments. Did he do vocals like, for that? He, he was like the lead singer. And then we were all learning the vocal harmonies. Cause like so many of the sections was supposed to have like chordal vocal layers. Sure. Uh, so we were learning that stuff, but, um, yeah, when was I even in orchestra now? Like four years ago? Four years ago to three years ago? Like I pretty much like quit orchestra and joined THC at like the ver- the exact same time because the last show I played with orchestra was a Halloween show in uh, Red Deer. And then I was joining THC in that same October. So Roger Cranford had been writing that music for a long time. And yeah, he's like phenomenal fucking musician, so many instruments and his composition is amazing. His theory knowledge is amazing. He's been like writing some new stuff lately mm-hmm. and it sounds super cool. I'm like, dude, you better put that out because right? that's so fucking dope. It was just, yeah. it was just something really cool. It was just like a musical journey. Last question I have for you. Yeah. What sure. made you want to do the Billie Eilish cover? <laughs> And let me tell you, the little, the pouty faces, I mean, I was just dying the whole time. Just dying. (laughs) Absolutely dying. Well, like, I mean, some of her songs are good. Like, I, I I actually, I actually vibe with some of her songs and she seems like a cool person, but really the main motivation is just like how many people have said I look like her. It's like constant there's been the people on like youtube but there's like people on the street like just all the time and like (laughs) years ago like even before i was on youtube i had friends like when billy eilish was first getting famous and they're like do you know who billy eilish is she reminds me so much of you like it wasn't just her look it was like how she laughs and how she acts and everything they're like that chick is you it's super fucked up (laughs) so So I just like had this idea in the back of my mind for a while that I was like, I should do like a death metal version of one of her songs mm-hmm. and like try my best to make <laughs> myself look more like her, right, right. do a little bit of like makeup accentuation or whatever. And then, yeah, I had all those different challenges in the jar and that was one that I ended up pulling. And it was kind of <laughs> funny because when I pulled that one out of the jar, I was a bit like... Oh shit, like I wasn't super <laughs> stoked on it because it was sort of like a gimmicky idea yeah, that I was like, right. yeah, maybe maybe it'll be funny, but maybe it'll just be cringy because I'm like going to cosplay as her and try these like facial expressions and stuff. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but when I did it, uh-huh. I had so much fun. That was like maybe one of my favorites of the of the composition challenge week. Like that one That's was awesome. super fun. Cool. And because I was able to do it like way faster, like I actually like finished it, filmed it, and edited it all mm-hmm. in the same day. Versus like some of those theory ones took me like straight up thirteen hours just to write it, let alone try to fucking learn it or record it or do anything with it. You know. Wow. So. Wow. That one was really fun in the end. I was glad that Good. I had ended up putting it in the jar. <laughs> oh, it was fun. I mean, no question about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty neat. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it was real exciting when you guys did the four levels uh, with Matt Heafy. Big freaking Trivium fan. I uh, just. Yeah. Cool. Look at all that down picking. Yeah, it's lots of down picking. Lots of DP. Cool. That's all I got. That one was, <laughs> that one was so fun. Was it? That yeah. was really I fun. Enjoyed that. Uh, Thank you. I, I I love what you guys are doing because you keep getting like really cool guests yeah. to do that with you. Like, yeah. I saw Ola and his wife on there. Awesome. You got freaking Devin Townsend awesome. on there. Oh, dude, he was on cloud nine, man. I was like, Woo! where did what? this come from? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty cool and crazy, like getting bigger artists. And the Devin Townsend one was probably my favorite so far i don't necessarily want to like choose a favorite but it was a huge highlight for me and i i've never been like a big fan of his music necessarily i never really like got into it but dean has been a huge fan of his for like an extremely (laughs) long time so dean just had that like childlike glow throughout the whole thing that i was just like so excited for like him. a kid on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really it really was like that. Like I could just see the the youthful excitement just like radiating from within. And then all the riffs were really fun to play too. So like mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them. They were groovy, like memorable, and he just seemed like a a cool dude. So that one was really fun. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Still such such a great thing and to I'm- be able to say, you know. No, like, good for them. Absolutely. You worked with them, you know. Absolutely. One way or another. For sure. But we really appreciate you yeah, taking the time we to come out and talk do. to us. We'd uh, love to have you back on again sometime. For sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, but, thank you so much. I uh, really enjoyed talking to you guys. And I have plenty more uh, ghost stories for next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Might have to hold you to it. We'll take all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but, yeah. Yes. But, well, um, the power didn't go out. No, so pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty successful. No computer Amen. crashing. No power no. outage. Good. No yeah. ghostly encounters. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>